Welcome to the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. This is episode number seven, where Jeff talks to Tiberia and Christina Bollinger from Barking Rocks Winery. In our previous episode, we mentioned that Texas Wine Lover Podcast was going to have a schedule of every other week. Due to high popularity and the amount of content, the Texas Wine Lover Podcast will now be a weekly show appearing every Friday. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or subscribe on the Texas Wine Lover website to receive every new published post, and you will not miss any episode. Thanks for enjoying the podcast. Hi, I'm Jeff Cope, and if this is your first time listening to the Texas Wine Lover Podcast, welcome. And if you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. Today I'm at Barking Rocks Winery, and I have the owner winemaker Tiberia with me, and Christina Bollinger. Operations manager. Operations manager, okay. Didn't know yet. Uh, we, we told her she could have any title she wanted. <laughs> any title she wanted. That works. As long as she'd grow into it. Well, I know the last time I was here, uh, Christina wasn't here, so that's good. Yeah. We now have a new uh, face here at Barking Rocks Winery. After, uh, after about a decade of doing it ourselves, we thought we could use some new perspective. Well, that, that was the first question I was asked. So you've been doing this for 10 years? 12. 12 years now. We opened the, uh, we crushed our first grapes uh, in 2002. And we didn't really have any equipment at that point in time. And uh, we were able to pull pull off a harvest and, and a, a wine-making event. But it was uh, pretty manual. Um, in fact, it was that little press that you see over there. Okay, pressed those, out uh, about three, four, old style presses three or four there. gallons at a time, and I don't know how many times I filled that. Probably five or six hundred that first year. <laughs> it made some really nice wine, and we were encouraged about it all. Great. Well, which wine was it? We made a Cabernet Sauvignon. We actually made two Cabernet Sauvignons and a uh, uh, Fumé Blanc. Oh, okay. That was our first uh, product that we put on the market. Nice. And they were uh, some of the nicest wines we ever made, actually. So the first week that I got here, uh, he was pressing the Lenoir that they had just harvested, and he had that out. <laughs> we used it used because it. it was such a small right. quantity. We had a really horrible year this year at this location that we didn't have enough volume to uh, engage our press. So we used. We went back to the went back press. to the old one. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's going to be really good wine. It's going to yeah, be wine. Really good really wine. Good wine. <laughs> and it was That's, fun. It took all day long to do it, and we were did. selling wine at the same time. So customers came and Excellent. saw the process, and yeah. And they love the process of you know watching watching, especially when you're doing it more old world style. And um, uh, actually, we had people come in. You weren't here. You were gone. But we had people who were here. That day, you know, we had the women's group who came in again, uh, and they brought their husbands this time, <laughs> and just because they wanted to see something like that. So we had to explain that we don't harvest and press year round. <laughs> okay. So you mentioned you used it for the black Spanish that's mm-hmm. grown right here. Yes. So how many acres of vineyards do you have here? Not even one. Uh, it's somewhere a little less than a half an acre. And it's all black Spanish. It's all black Spanish. Okay. Yeah. We're working on that, though. <laughs> working yeah. on that. Oh, okay. Well, we have a little bit more land, you know, but the uh, that much of uh, of a vineyard for me taking care of it, I seem like I'm always behind. So I don't know what it would be like to 
make have, have more vineyard. Okay. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I don't think you got Christina on board now. It's, it sounds like things are growing now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no pun intended. That's a dangerous word. That's right. Yeah, growing. Yeah, that could be all. That can mean all kinds of things, right? All right. So you just poured a wine here. We have a. So yeah, in the background, you might have heard some clinking. Uh, we're gonna we're doing a little wine tasting as well. And uh, I decided to start with our, our white wine. This is the 2012 Ruzan. And probably one of the nicest white wines we've ever made here. I think Ruzan has a real place in the market uh, in, in Texas mm-hmm. to really shine. Uh, 2012 was a really good year. The grapes came from uh, John Oswald up in the High Plains. We fermented it in, uh, in French oak barrels. Uh, really took our time. It was a really nice, long fermentation uh, the wines came out to be just brilliant, so much so that we have we barrel aged some of it longer than this wine. So mm-hmm. we have a reserve coming out of this batch that we'll probably release sometime next year. Okay, great. It's uh, much softer, much oakier, a more full experience. But this is a beautiful wine itself. We've had mm-hmm. a really good time serving this to people and exposing Ruzan to the community here. And I think they'll be yeah. very happy. It tastes very good. Yeah. Let's see what. Let's see how it tastes. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Tasting good. Okay. So, what other wines do you offer here at Barking Rocks? Uh, currently, on our tasting profile, uh, we start with a white, and then we have a rosé, a sparkling rosé, and the rosé is made out of the Chardonnay. A little Chardonnay, uh, a little Chardonnay little mostly Mouved, mm-hmm. mostly Mouved, a little Chardonnay, and a little Rosan. And the sparkle adds sort of a, a brightness to it that uh, our rosés in the past haven't had, and that, that's been that's been received well by people, especially mm-hmm. uh, poolside in the in the summertime, you know, the heat of Texas, which there's a lot of that. You know, uh, cool wines are nice. Sure. Uh, we also spin it into a, a sangria from time to time. Makes a very interesting sangria. I'm, I don't think uh, traditional sangria in, in the way that a lot you might think of it, uh, but really uh, bright and alive and a nice cold, refreshing beverage, which uh, at the end of the day is really kind of what we're all about producing for our friends and neighbors. I think it did really well because dry rosés were so popular this summer. Um, you know, kind of the thing for wine drinkers especially in texas it seems uh so so the wine went really well especially in september i think um you know i hadn't really looked at sales prior to that but uh, i know towards the end of september gosh it's we just had such nice weather in granbury and had so many people coming out to enjoy you know the patio time and uh it was really really popular we had been purist forever about wine you know i mean even so much so that you know just what varietals are they let's deliver the integrity of that varietal so when we went to do a sangria i mean it was like what's this concoction and how is that going to work into our theme here you know but when it came down to it and we started you know making crafts of sangria put a little cardboard sign up at the tasting bar and had 150 people here for a, a first friday night event we couldn't keep up with the sales of it so i mean duh you know what aren't you getting about that you know so you know we had to kind of you know just relook at the business and say you know hey if we can spin a drink you know into something that's fun for that night you know 
you know, why not do it? So, Great. so that was fun. So, so in addition to those two on the, the chilled side, mm-hmm. uh, we currently have four dry reds, uh, uh, 07 Merlot, uh, 08 Tanat, a Casina, which Casina is a different word for the industry. It's, it's our word for blend. It's our grandmother's name. And then we have a Zinfandel, which is actually a, a multi-vintaged wine. It's 0607 Zin. So those are fairly old, kind of older wines. Uh, so they've softened up quite a bit. And I think it gives customers that happen by our place a, a really nice a range of uh, tastings of some older wines that they might not find, you know, out there on, in the stores. They're yeah, definitely not aggressive. You, you know? don't see a lot of the older vintages like that. So mm-hmm. has that been like a common practice that you tried to uh, do? Yeah, and not, I mean, I can't say that I'm really clairvoyant about that. It wasn't our intention to kind of be an old wine tasting facility. But early on, we, we made a lot of wine and turned out that, you know, we didn't sell it as fast as we were making it, which allowed us the opportunity to kind of hold back on some wines that, and, and let them age. And it's turned out to not be a, a, a bad uh, thing to have happened. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, just releasing some 08 wines has been uh, kind of fun. The 08s are tasting very nice right now. I mean, you just won't find a green wine here, you know, at all. So if you're looking for a very full flavor on every wine that we have, that's what you're going to find. So let's uh, let's open up that Fizz and Rosé. That's what we call it, Fizz and Rosé. How does that catch your watch? Okay. I uh, hear that beautiful sound going in that glass. So we've made rosés. We've always had a rosé, but this is the first time we've uh, had one that was sparkling. Mm-hmm. And it's been mixed for people. You know, so sometimes I think it uh, wins over some beer drinkers, you know, and a couple comes in and one's a beer drinker and the other's a winemaker. Not to be sexist about it, but usually it's the man that's the beer drinker. You know, it's always, you know, try to have, hey, we have something that's uh, got a little carbonation in it, you know. And mm-hmm. oh, it's got to come open. So do you do the sparkling here yourself? or? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. What, what method do you use to sparkle it? We actually uh, allowed it to uh, re-ferment in the bottle. So okay. there's a, a little residual sugar left. And it's always a dangerous way because too much could be uh, exciting, let's just say. <laughs> 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 kind of explosive. <laughs> yeah. Corks yeah. going off everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but it, uh, it turned out to be nice. It's, it's, uh, this is... Uh, this we opened this bottle yesterday, so mm-hmm. maybe so a little less fizz, you know. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, for us, if we have a bottle left over at the end of the day, you know, it's never a problem because we take it home, we let it still out, and it's it's back to the beautiful rosé that we started with initially. So it's nice. it's been a it's been a fun wine. We're at the uh, we're at the tail end of this, so it'll be interesting to see what our next rosé uh, where it comes from. Right. It has kind of turned into one of my favorites here, uh, aside from the 08 Syrah, but I really, really enjoy it, and I think it is the effervescence that's on it. What's been surprising about this wine uh, is how well it pairs with food. Yes. The chef from Rough Creek Lodge, Gerard Thompson, came out, and he wanted to do a pairing with a um, paella that he was making. It was a duck paella. I didn't know you can make paella with duck, but I guess you can make paella with anything. And it was spicy, and he, and he chose 
Fizz and Rosé, and it was a beautiful pairing combination. The, the heat that, that that paella had and the brightness that the, the wines had, it, it was just, it was phenomenal. And, it, and it, Fizz and Rosé just continues to find connections with food. So it's a beautiful yeah. thing. Very tasty. Yeah. So after all these years of uh, being in business here, I mean, what do you think you're offering the community and what is Barking well, Rocks doing? What I've uh, been amazed at with the experience over the last decade is uh, how much of uh, an experience wine is. You know, it's just not a commodity. It's a feeling. It's an experience. It's something that people, you know, sort of course buy into, buy a bottle, but it's all about sharing that product with someone else and telling the stories of it, you know, where it came from, who you met, why it was unique, you know, so, so selling memories is really a kind of a wonderful thing to sell. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea that that was going to play out in such a wonderful way because really as, as we started the business, uh, it was kind of all about relationships, both the people we were working with, the people that were helping us, the people that we're selling wine to is all about how well we kind of got along and how that m made our lives, without sounding so romantic about it, better, having met each other. And the wine was just really the conduit yeah. of how that kind of came to be. So the, the sense of, of place, uh, the community, uh, really just kind of all was the, the perfect backdrop. For, for what we were trying to do in the town. Sounds great. Yeah. So uh, today, you know, we're, we're trying to just engage that feeling with the, the other people that are doing commerce in, in Granbury and Hood County. And, you know, as, as far as shipping wine to other places in the nation, it, it, we really could care less about that because there's, there's plenty of people to partner with plenty of people to grow with, plenty of people to enjoy life with just locally here ourselves. Well, I mean, that's the perfect thing, too, is you want to enjoy life. And and like you said, that wine is definitely an experience. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. So. You know, we uh, initially, we, we came up with a mission statement, which was making wine, friends, and events happen. And uh, I, I don't know how truer that mission statement could be about what we're actually trying to do here and and that's been our growth our mm -hmm. growth is, is 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 that so it's been really a lot of fun well i could certainly see that too because i was just up here earlier this year for an event which was a concert and it was enjoying listening to the concert enjoying great wine so yeah i can understand completely what you're saying you know and go ahead the, the music scene here too is uh something that's been very intriguing to me because you've just got this um you know underground uh scene of people who are in the music industry and um that you would never know existed in this community and they support this winery so much and um you know live music has been such a huge part and plays such a huge role in barking rocks um you know of course we have the first friday events that happen and that's there's live music there but then uh, you know, the events like Talking Patty that I would never, you know, would never have imagined to come to, um, you know, such a small venue, but it almost, for, for my generation, turns into this 
VH1 or MTV Unplugged type. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's really surreal in here. I mean, you know, you just expect pillows on the floor and, and, uh, you know, wine in hand. And I mean, it it is that kind of experience that occurs here. And it's just not something that you expect upon walking, you know, into this place. Right. Like I said, I definitely agree. If our listeners here aren't in Granbury or can make it out here, especially on the first Friday of every month, uh, definitely come on out and listen to a great concert, enjoy some great wine, and uh, meet some new friends. So I think uh, we'll probably cut this short here, and then we're going to enjoy some wine. We're going to enjoy some wine here. So, <laughs> so thanks again, Tiberia and, yeah. and Christina, for uh, talking to us. Thank you for coming. Yeah. And uh, that'll do it for this episode. So until next time, cheers. Ciao. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. If you would like to read the show notes and see the photos included in a larger size, check out the blog post at texaswinelover.com. Be sure to check out our archive section on the website for previous podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash txwinelover. Plus, we are also on Twitter. Please subscribe to the podcast either on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Join us next time for another episode of the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. Thank you.